welcome to the Live Well for Longer podcast, the podcast for people who want to learn the art and science of healthy aging and longevity. Join me, Sarah Little, a wellbeing science specialist and positive psychology practitioner, as I share the psychology and behaviors associated with longevity and quality of life. Let's begin. We often think that rest is a space where we do nothing, where we lounge about leisurely, having a glass of wine, maybe socializing with friends. And yet rest can be anything but. The benefits of rest are so varied and like rest itself, multifaceted. When we are well rested, we have an improved memory. We are able to learn and memorize more. Our mood remains stable and our emotional well being is heightened. So we have less of that roller coaster of emotion, those overwhelming highs and lows, and more of a stable emotional regulation effect. Our physical health is better. There is a tremendous effect between being rested and having increased physical health. I actually know this firsthand. Earlier this year, I was struggling to well lose weight. I wasn't necessarily trying to lose weight, but well, a little bit, I guess. I was I started out as wanting to be fit and then I realized that the scales weren't changing. And so I decided that I wanted to lose a little bit of weight and to become a healthier version of myself. And so I went out and walked around our neighborhood every day for about six days, one hour every day, listening to podcasts, walking, walking, walking. I love to speed walk. And I would also sometimes do Pilates in the afternoon and yoga on the weekend. Now that is a lot of exercise. And I didn't eat very much. I'm not a big eater. And my scales weren't shifting. Anyway, I, I had been diagnosed with Hashimoto's, so hypo, underactive thyroid, and that can impact your ability to lose weight. But when I started to work on not the physical element, but the stress element, being rested, looking after my mind, being able to look after my mental health. That is when actually I cleared up my Hashimoto's and I started to just lose weight. The weight just dropped off. I can honestly say it's the most bizarre thing in the world because we don't think about that when we think about losing weight, but being stressed and in a state of hypervigilance and being in this fight or flight mode really does impact our physical functioning. So I'm not saying that you might be wanting to lose weight. You might not. It might have nothing to do with that. But I am saying that being well-rested can impact your immune system. And it does impact things like what I was experiencing, Hashimoto's. And when I started to clear that up, it started to clear up. Um, when I started to clear up my mental health, and be a well-rested woman, it started to clear up my physical health. 
And so that is the final point, which is rest is important for stress reduction and longevity. Really, we're going back to that idea that stress, bad stress, I would like to differentiate, differentiate between two types of stress because it's really important. There is bad stress and that is the daily stresses that are harmful to our health. And then there are good stresses such as you might have a presentation to do at work and it might help you get a promotion or you have a job interview. Those are good stresses. And so bad stresses do impact our health. And subsequently, how long we live. If we want to live a long and healthy life, one of the best things we can do is not diet or exercise, but it's looking after our mental health and being well rested. And the blue zones know this ever too well because they cultivate rest and they're very artful about it. I love the blue zones because there is so much that we can learn from the near centenarians and centenarians living in these five locations worldwide. And we I always love taking my cue from centenarians because the proof is in the pudding and they are definitely uh, showcasing for us with their years. They're not just out there preaching these practices, they are actually living them and they have the age and the quality of life to show for it. And so centenarians and near centenarians in the blue zones practice rest regularly. In fact, daily. I learned this when I was completing my systematic review on the blue zones. They are very intentional about cultivating some practices that reduce stress. So whether they are swimming in the ocean or socializing with friends, each country has their own way of reducing stress and each person has their own way of reducing stress one of the key themes though is that they have incredible social bonds so when they rest they're not resting alone they might be cultivating an activity with a loved one they might be swimming in the ocean with a friend they might be at a yoga um, class with with some of the community members and so cultivating a well-rested life doesn't have to be done in solitary we don't have to rest at home we can in fact go out and embody this strong type of social rest in fact I would highly recommend having many social activities in your week even if you are an introvert like me because those social bonds do strengthen and lengthen uh, your lifespan. Now, before we dive into how do you cultivate specifically a well-rested life, I'd love for you to choose your intention. An intention is simply a thought of what we want to occur. It is really a pathway for cultivating um, rest more deeply because when we are intentional it's more likely that we're going to stay with something versus just jumping on board and trying lots of different things and nothing really sits or fits with us because it's not in our personality so before we dive in to how you can cultivate a well-rested life especially in this coming new year 
I'd like you to think about what type of emotion you'd like your rest to invoke. So when I say emotion, I'm talking about joy, gratitude, love, hope. What do you want to feel as a result of your restful practices? Now, for me, a lot of my practices around rest have this year so far have been around cultivating sacred moments. So very uh, slow, very quiet, and very mindful practices that have definitely bring me a sense of peace. And those have been yoga, uh, meditation retreats, and things like that. As well as, I guess my new one is crocheting. I was crocheting with a glass of wine out on the balcony, which is just divine. But I since stopped crocheting on the balcony with wine. <laughs> um, so what type of rest are you seeking? What is the emotion that you want your rest, your practices of rest to give you? Now, I'm just going to do this with you. So this coming year, 2024, I feel that a lot of my practices of rest will be very much social related, and I want them to be fun. I want more fun in my life in 2024. So fun is the positive emotion that I want to embody. I want to feel fun. I want to feel this exuberance and this wildly um, gorgeous spontaneity that comes with a fun attitude maybe fun is not necessarily mm, I don't know is it a, a feeling as such I think it is I think you can feel fun um it's really joyful but I think joyful just goes just navigates it deviates a little bit from what I'm experiencing or wanting to experience so fun is what I want to feel, I want to feel fun, alive, exuberant, wildly spontaneous. And that is my intention for my activities that I will be embodying in the new year. My artful, uh, restful practices will be fun-centered. So I now know that I am going to choose activities that embody and that invoke that sense of fun. So when it comes to booking act an activity or engaging in a practice of rest at home, if it has this element of fun to it, if I feel like it's going to give me that sense of fun, I am going to go for it. But if it's going to be something that is not going to give me that feeling, I might have to question it and see if I still really, really want to do it. Okay, so after you have cultivated this sense of emotion that you want to embody, the next step is to look at the various activities that create a restful life. So I've identified here for you six themes, and there's certainly more than that. And these are activities that will help you to explore more deeply how you can apply your emotion in different types of settings. So the first item we've really touched on quite a bit today is social activities. And these are activities that really do involve connecting with other people. 
whether that be in a group setting or one-on-one. Social activities may include being involved in a self-defense class with many others or going to a movie with a, a friend. And I recommend that you have these activities in your rest plan. Now, the second item is intellectual activities. It is a given that there are some activities that you will gravitate more toward than others. For me, I gravitate toward intellectual activities. This involves engaging in activities that stimulate the mind, that get you thinking, thinking in new dimensions and directions. And it could be learning about uh, the culture and history of art in the Italian Renaissance, or it could be learning a new language or engaging in a puzzle or Sudoku. So intellectual activities are things that use your mind to think. And these may or may not be in your rest plan, but if you feel called and if your word, especially your emotional word that you have chosen, your emotional intention that you have chosen fits with this, then by all means explore. And you can do a simple Google search and look up these items such as, um, you know, examples of intellectual activities. And that might help you to get you thinking about new things. And I do encourage you to try new things, to never remain stale. Thirdly, organizational activities. I love this one, and it's something that I have been getting more and more into. Organizational activities are things that help you to create order and simplicity in your daily life. Not all of us think that being organized is a restful habit. However, it certainly is. When we are able to um, organize uh, maybe a drawer or maybe tidy up a space, there's a certain charge that comes with it. I love having a, a clean dining table. I don't know what it is. It just makes me feel um, put together, especially if there's a beautiful vase of flowers there. So organizational activities really do involve organizing your life, organizing your space. And you may probably find this a little bit more challenging to do with others unless you engage and get your family involved. It can also include organizational activities such as organizing your style, your personal grooming, just really sort of getting your life together. And I love this because you kind of have this fresh start. So you tidy everything up and you get organized and you beautify your space or maybe your wardrobe or whatever it might be. And it gives you this like fresh energy. And I just love that. So organizational activities might be one of the activities that you engage in to cultivate a rested life. Fourthly, we have beautifying activities, and this can be applied to anything. You can double up and apply this to the organizational activities or the intellectual, but beautifying activities include enhancing your aesthetic environment. So when you clean out your wardrobe, you might add in some beautiful accessories or blazers that enhance your wardrobe and that is beautifying your aesthetic it's beautifying your environment to see those blazers sitting there in your uh, closet other items might be uh, things such as ikibana 
flower arranging, calligraphy. There are so many beautifying activities. You can even simply switch up your pens to beautify your pens if you're not engaged, if you're not wanting to engage in a new activity and you are using a pen regularly. You might want to add some beautiful pens. You might want to add some beautiful decorative bowls or cups and saucers to drink your tea from. And this helps us to rest better, I think, because there is something about beauty. I think it's one of the things in nature that when we look to nature, we see this, this beauty everywhere, this mesmerizing, awe-inspiring beauty that just sweeps us away and makes us feel calm. And so beautifying activities, you know, I, I love them. And this is this is one of mine for 2024 as well is beautifying activities always intellectual always always I am a lifelong learner and beautifying activities a few years ago I did do an Ikebana class and it was the most amazing experience to learn how to arrange flowers aesthetically so for me one of my items is going to be cooking in 2024 to be able to cook some delicious beautiful meals all right next up we have craft activities Craft activities are really creative activities. So you might think of knitting, crocheting, sewing, anything that is uh, gets your hands moving, that gets you uh, connected to this uh, kinetic movement. And this is one of the activities that I, I do love, and I think it's quite underrated. We think that you know we have to be older to do craft activities. Uh, scrapbooking is another but it's one of those items that it really does invoke a sense of mindfulness and it feels like a meditative experience and so I do suggest you know craft activities are a wonderful way to rest and you can do craft activities you can knit and crochet with other people as well so cultivate craft activities Lastly, we have active activities. These are physical activities that promote rest. This may be yoga, Pilates, running, walking, uh, Qigong or Tai Chi. These are physical activities and they help us to um, promote rest. They help us to take care of our mental health and take care of our physical health as well. And so choose a couple of these items I would suggest choosing social activities and one other and really work on cultivating types of rest that fits your theme so whether it's like uh, craft activities and social cultivate these rested activities in 2024 cultivate them moving forward seek out new experiences and remember if the new experience fits with your word the emotion you want to embody your intention for your rest, then go for it. Give it a try. Okay, now lastly, I have to say, one of the things that I have learned is we can sometimes struggle to rest because we don't make space for it. So research and preparation is very important. We can't just say, I'm going to cultivate a beautiful um, life I'm going to have a beautifying activities that embody rest 
and wait for them to happen because they're not going to happen. One of the things I think I'm really good at is getting out there and making things happen. And it frustrates me, unfortunately, when I see people who struggle with this because I really do think that you'll feel better when you do the initial research preparation and you go for it. So firstly, research and prepare. Look around. What are activities happening in your local area? What are activities happening further away from you and then in your country? What about overseas? If you have the potential, research the activities, whether that be the beautifying activities, the organizational, and just find out, start gathering information, start gathering resources about the activities, whether they be classes or community involvement, volunteering experiences. Just start to seek them out because that will also give you more ideas. As well, when you start to go to your activities and you engage in them, whether that be at home or whether you engage in them socially out in the, the communal space, you will find that people will give you more ideas. So a few, actually one month ago now, I attended a psychology meeting with local psychologists and I met some wonderful people there. And one of the gentlemen, he talked all about how he loves dancing and he goes to this incredible dance school. And at the end of it, he wrote on the nap in the dance school for us all. Um, and I, I took the napkin and I have it in my drawer. And I was thinking, you know, when I got it, I was thinking, I'm not, I'm probably not going to do this. And then this year, the well, this year, towards the end of the year, I decided that actually it's a beautiful Activity, dancing, how what could be more, more beautiful? And I decided I'm going to take up the dancing next year. And so you never know where activities will lead, what friendships you will experience with them. Now, if there's activities you find out there in the world and you think, oh my gosh, I would love to do this, but I don't want to do this by myself, ask friends even if you've met someone only once at a meeting and you have their Instagram reach out and just say hey do you want to come and do this with me people love getting getting asked to go to things it's really quite sweet and it's very thoughtful and so don't feel like you have to go to events alone ask friends ask acquaintances if you feel called if you think it's a good fit for them and then lastly, I want to say that I have acquaintances and friends that I haven't really seen all that much in 2023, but I still reach out and ask them, hey, do you want to do this new Pilates? Hey, do you want to go to the movie with me? Hey, do you want to um, have a cocktail, this new bar? And I have had more no's than yeses because they're busy. <laughs> they're working. They have a life. And that's completely understandable, but it doesn't mean that I'm going to stop asking. It just means that at that time, they're busy. And it's interesting. A few of my friends who I've um, been following up with and following up with consistently throughout the year, they've said, oh, no, no, busy. I've started a new job. Um, there's always been one more thing. And so 
just this last month, I thought, okay, I have two tickets to see two tickets to the to see um, the Greek Islands movie. It's actually called Two Tickets to Greek Island. Greek Island. Two Tickets to the Greek Islands. And I, I asked my friend. I said, I sent her a message. I said, Do you want to go? I have two tickets to the Greek Islands, but I had to put in brackets movies <laughs> because I thought, Oh my goodness, imagine getting a message like that. Um, God, you'd be thrilled. And then you're like, oh, we're just going to the movies. And so, you know, and I asked my friends, oh, you know, this is a new cocktail. Another friend, this is a new cocktail bar. Would you like to go with me? And I've been asking them all year. And I asked them the movies and the cocktail bar just recently. And they said, yes. And so I think this is one of the things that I want you to remember is don't get caught up if you get a no. And then the other item that, that I'd like to share with you is don't get caught up if you can't go. Don't feel like, mm, I can't ever go. Earlier in the year, I tried about four times to go to a meditation retreat and I booked in and I booked in and I booked in and then I was sick and then I couldn't sleep and then, you know, I couldn't sleep the night before so I was not able to drive three hours to the, to the location. And I had to cancel. And a few times I didn't even cancel. I'm ashamed. I didn't even email to cancel. I just didn't turn up because I was actually ashamed by the end of it. But when I worked with my um, lovely uh, spiritual teacher and she has run Buddhist retreats in the past, she said, just reach out, just go again, just try again, because they know this, this happens. People get scared. People get sick. And I want to say that to you is give yourself grace. If you book in and you organize activities and you organize to do these artful, restful practices, then, and they don't work out, don't feel like you need to stop. Just keep going. Just try again. And lastly, when it comes to rest, I think that what holds us back is definitely ourselves but it's also technology. It's hard to rest when your attention is attended to the phone and to your computer. And so when you can, if you're going out with a friend or you're engaging in these restful practices, turn your phone off, turn it on airplane mode, don't have your computer with you, really engage in them fully because rest is not about projecting our energy outward into the screens. It's really about bringing our energy home and that's what a good rest, restful practice will give you. It will help you to bring your energy home so that you can launch anew when it comes to going out into the world and doing your everyday activities. So that brings us to the end of today's podcast episode. My goodness, there was a lot. We covered a lot. I think this is a very much a topic I'm passionate about. I've been writing a book on rest for the last few years and I'm currently editing it. It's very challenging, however. Um, but I, I, I will just recap briefly. So we talked about setting intentions, having an emotional word for the year and anchor. And then having these different activities that you can be engaged with, whether that be the social or the intellectual or the craft, cultivate rest in these activities, right? And if you want to start with uh, one activity, like one theme, such as intellectual, 
start with one theme if it's too overwhelming especially and then we also spoke about making space for rest and reducing or refusing to go on technology okay so that brings us to the end my goodness thank you this was a great episode I hope you enjoyed it I just want to leave you with a quote seldom do we come to rest without heaviness Comparison is but one guise that we learn to release through our quiet sanctuary of rest. So seldom do we come to rest without burdens, without heaviness. We come to rest with heaviness because rest helps us release it. So make space in your life this year to rest regularly. Like the blue zones, rest daily and you'll feel better as a result and your health will be better as a result. Thank you so much for tuning into the podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a review and let me know. And come on over and say hi on social. You can find me at Sarah Marie Little or the school at Positive Aging Institute. Thank you so much. As we conclude this Live Well for Longer podcast episode, we sincerely appreciate your presence on this journey. Your support fuels our mission, so remember to subscribe and leave your thoughts. And if you'd like to download a positive aging manifesto with seven traits to age healthy and happy, then visit positiveaginginstitute.com slash manifesto. Until next time, live a connected and committed life.